what a beautiful morning. The uh, breeze is coming off the cove. Both Paul and I have been for a good swim over the reef. Mm. And uh, the sun is shining. What ah! can aileth us? What indeed? On this beautiful Caribbean island, in this beautiful shady dappled spot. Yes, we're very lucky. It's really good, it's really good. Where are we going to start? Can stop the Chinese? Uh, I, I prefer them. If I were Jamaican, I, I prefer their sort of colonisation to the British. Because the, 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 the British came and, you ha and it was a big package deal with the British. Yeah. You had to take all their goods, mm. you had to do business with them, mm. almost the same with Chinese. Yeah. And they did some infrastructure, but not a great deal. Mm. But you also had to take their food and their religion and their language. That was the deal. You had to have all three, and their law, really. Where's the, where's the Chinese come? The full iron sausage. Basically. The full iron sausage. The Chinese, it's like you have little idea that they're here, actually, it, that they have such control over this country. But they, but they, but, but they do. And they have built this truly incredible motorway. Paul's not actually seen it yet, but I've seen it. And the first time I saw it, I was awestruck at the immensity of the power that could uh, build a bit of engineering that's that uh, impressive right across the island smash the tops of one one little mountain one mountain after another filled gullies filled valleys nothing stops this six lane highway really beautiful six lane highway really well drained really well built and it goes it links Ochereus up with Kingston and it is an amazing achievement quite beyond anything that the British could do, or I think the Americans. Mm. And the Chinese just came in, they worked, they worked through all, all, all the weathers. You know, it is well established fact in Jamaica, when it starts raining, you do not work outside. It's right. God's way of saying, kick back, have a spliff, see what happens. And what? nobody says to a Jamaican, get outside and work, really. Do they? Have you seen that? No. Well, when it rains, it's pretty fierce. It's very fierce. The other it's day, it was, like, it was like, it was a proper fucking deluge. Absolutely hammers down, Paul. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult to work in it. You are, if you're wearing conventional clothes, you're completely soaked within, what, five seconds? Yeah, and you probably, seconds? probably wouldn't be able to walk around because of, because of the weight of it. Yeah, it, it's really, really, it's like having a bucket of water poured. The Chinese had their men out working in that, digging holes, digging ditches, running JCBs. Really incredible achievement. It did bring to mind, you know, some of the... Well, anyway, they're very hard-working, and uh, then then the, then the matter of having to pay for them for the motorway arose, mm. um, and the idea was was that the Chinese were given the right to raise a toll on it. I don't suppose they were willing to take ganja. That would have been a good exchange. <laughs> they must have tried. <laughs> they did. Uh, and what else? And the, a couple of bags of Blue Mountain I mean, coffee. That, that is the slightly sad thing about Jamaica is that the things that they have in abundance, the thing that they have in abundance, well, sugar and ganja, one is illegal and the other is rapidly going out of fashion. Well, the other one's being made everywhere now because it's coming into fashion, so the ganja that they were pr producing is a lot less remarkable, isn't it? Because they're, I they're hope growing not, it everywhere. Paul, because I'm thinking we're in the kind of burgundy of ganja growing, uh, the ganja growing see. world. So I'm hoping that just because you can get cheap red wine all over the world, or like that you can't get that you can get cheap red wine all over the world, still everyone, everyone who knows anything about it would, like, would rather pay thirty quid for a bottle of good Nuit Saint Georges because mm. it's just such an, a superior experience. Mm. But I don't. Do you think that's true? Well, I mean, I, I like wine, so I tend to pay a bit more for it. 
but you know. But it hasn't undercut the French the French wines. The no. fact that everyone's growing it everywhere. But I was reading about that horrible barefoot stuff that you see everywhere now, all over the fucking world. Oh. And there's this wine called Barefoot Wine or something. Is it called Barefoot? I think it's I called Barefoot. I've not come across it's it. fucking horrible. And there's another one. And it's these people who have came from Australia and went to to California. They've completely cornered the market in wine. Well, they haven't cornered. Well, they have in terms of the volume that they're shipping, guy. Right, right. It's fucking unbelievable. And, I mean, they're, and millions they're, and they're of liters blending, of it. They're blending a kind yeah, of yeah, anything they can get their hands sort on. Sort of yeah. slightly drinkable red wine. And it's not even that. It's swill, but people buy it because it's everywhere. It's maximum market penetration. The Chinese did the same thing, by the way, in in Sri Lanka. They built a huge highway down the middle of the uh, the island, and then basically um, took some large chunks of the countryside in return. Yeah, yeah. In Jamaica, they've had to get in this place called Goat Island, which is just off Kingston, uh, which the Chinese are going to turn into a container port and make it the biggest container point on in the Western Hemisphere, whatever the Western Hemisphere is. Where does the Western Hemisphere start? I don't know. Anyway, a really big container port. And I don't expect it will be very good for the uh, freshness of the seawater. For the wildlife. Yeah, or for the wildlife. Yeah. But there you are, that's the Chinese. And they've also taken a chunk of land in the middle, which I think they're going to build a, a, a village on. Mm. But one of the nice things is is that you don't see them swaggering around like you would have seen the British. Can you imagine when the, when the British colonised here, mm. how they would have swaggered around? <laughs> you know what I mean? And belittled people. Yeah. The Chinese are very discreet in their, in their uh, empire building, really mm. discreet. And... I quite like them for that. They let the Jamaicans be the Jamaicans. Yeah, I, I, was, I was keen, for, I am still a keen follower actually of certain aspects of Chinese philosophy. I'm a big fan of the, of the Yi Jing, Book of Changes. And I do often consult it at times of change, great change, a bit like this one. And um, I really love it actually. It's one of the world's oldest written books. It's perfectly constructed. Um, the Oracle, they call it. I've talked to a number of Chinese people about it and they don't know what the fuck it is because Mao kind of erased it, really. I expect right. it's coming back now. Right. I bet you in right. the middle classes, I bet they're starting to rediscover right. it. Right. Is right. it. Like English muffins. English muffins? <laughs> Which is like an, a thing you it's get in America that no England, en English person has ever seen, tasted or heard it's of. It's a crumpet. No, it's not an English muffin. Have you not been to New York and had an English muffin? <laughs> no, why would I have that? I'm in New York, I'm not going to have anything with it. It's like the I Ching for the Chinese. It's like it's really famous outside uh, It's England. not I Ching. Similar. Guy, the, you the, can't the, predict the future with an English muffin. <laughs> and you can't get wise counsel from one either. I think you're ridiculing me, but I think you're taking No, I think you're ridiculing the I Ching, and I don't <laughs> like it, by comparing it with a fucking English muffin. So hold on, let me just talk about The so I Ching was written 5,000 years ago. My sister it's not an English muffin, moron. Guy, don't look at me. But look at the glee on your face. I know. I'm just, Do you know what you, you have to? opened up a Pandora's box oh. of fun for me now. All so right, here we Ching, go. Ching, I seem to remember, is a kind of book of advice, and then you roll the dice, and then you no, 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 no. Okay, Cle it's clear a book it up of for sixty-four me. hexagrams, each one composed of two trigrams of six lines, which are built from the bottom up, and they're either broken line, solid line, or a moving line, or a non-moving line of the same kind. And the way it's built is so beautiful. And it starts off with, with, um, with number one, which is Chen, the creative. And it ends up at 64, I can't remember what 64 is, but number two is, the, it, so you've got the creative and the receptive of the first two hexagrams. 
So the first thing it does is it establishes the principles of yin and yang, and then it and then it spreads out from there into this beautiful pattern. They're like lessons, but they're also like philosophical treaties in really small ones, and they form a pattern. And it's kind of like a mirror to your life. And if you do it properly and, you, and you're interested in it, we'll do it. We'll, I'll do one when we finish have got, recording. Have you, got, have you got the book here? No, I've got it on my phone. Oh, right. You can get it on get it, um, an app now. And you could give me some good advice for it? I'm, I can't guarantee that guy. I'm not sure even the I Ching could help you with that. Right, right, right. <laughs> we can try, though. How, uh, come on, you've opened some Pandora's box, you said. Yeah, because when so I you're dying to take the piss out of me, aren't you? Well, no, I'm not, Paul. And I want to put something on record, actually. Yeah. Which is, I want to say how much I love you. And when a friend, well, you know, and what friends are, I do a fair amount of teasing that I. This is not making the fucking cut, by the way. That I grant. But I, I love you very much, and I think you're a considerable man and a considerable friend, and it's really good to be doing this pod with you. Mm. And I know both of us go through difficult times, and it's a time of difficult time. It's at difficult. It's at the time of difficulties that I want to be the kind of friend who comes in and helps you. Ha- Doesn't that make it worse with cheap gags. Having said that, I know that is slightly my weakness. Having, I, no, I, having said I that, warrant that I warrant. Having you. said that, guy, just get the fuck on with it, will you? <laughs> No one's buying this. No, I come, know. Going, come on. Is this, uh, the pod is a lot about friendship, Paul. Yes, I know. And it wants you that I have learned about friendship from you. Oh. And that it can develop and it can deepen and one can be there for the other at a tricky time. And I know that tr- times are sometimes tricky for you. And I am solid. Yes. No problem. Well, you know, try, times... Ask me something. Ask me to do something for you. Times are tricky, actually. I think times... I've begun to learn that times are at the trickiest when things are going well. Because what, what's actually happening when things are going well is you, you're digging these enormous holes that you're, <laughs> you're going to fall into as soon as the wind changes. That's the way it seems to be for me, at least historically. You know, is that I've, I've set in store some terrible um, um, things for myself during good times. Because I've I've been too busy enjoying them to understand what the fu- what the future might bring. Right. Whereas in trying times, you I think more like in good times, you just take your foot right off the gas pedal. You even forget you forget the gas pedal. You just have a good time, mm. and then suddenly you turn around and the things ground to a halt, stalled, gone all collapsed the into Collapse, a heap. Yeah. And you say, hold on, uh, I need to just get my foot back on the gas pedal a bit. Maybe. Anyway, I'm just saying that in good times, it's it's too easy. To take your eye off the ball, that's for sure, and end up in a completely different, on a completely different pitch, yeah. <laughs> in a different game, even. In a different game, yeah. yeah. Backed into a whole nother. Yeah, thing. and it, it's fucking, it's terrifying, you know, because good times ought to be just that, oughtn't they? But I think as you get older, you realise that that's really when you have to kind of. Was have it, it you who told me the story of the, you know, in the West End, London, London's West End, mm. uh, where in Theatreland, on a really hot night. They sometimes open up the back of the theatres to get a draft through. Have you oh. seen that? No. Oh, yes, I have seen it. Yeah, when I lived in Covent Garden. Yes, you walk out of Jay Sheiky sometimes. Yes. That that one is open. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can almost see right onto the stage. Yeah, and the back of the Empire was always open right, on a hot night. Right. On a hot night. Yeah. yeah. Someone told me about. Someone went out for something. I don't know if it was for a packet of cigarettes or. He was in a Soho. He'd left the bar, left the club, or she had, 
and they wandered accidentally onto the stage <laughs> <laughs> of a musical. That's funny. Because it's like really easy to, and they just went, well, I don't know, this. it wasn't you who told me that story. No, it wasn't me, no. They knew the name of the, they knew the particulars. It that's was great. Funny. Yeah, that's what it's like. You can wander accidentally into a musical. Well, that's life, it's isn't a it? Mistake. Mm. Yeah, be careful. Don't do it at home. Yes, I like a musical though. Mm. Mm. I love a musical. Right, I hate them. No, well, I've got, I've got to make you watch Sweet Charity because I think you're going to be very surprised by that. We well, have to use chains and that device in Clockwork Orange where they keep, <laughs> keep your eyes open. open. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> the minute you walked in the joint, boom, boom, <laughs> I could see you were a man of distinct. Ah! No! Is that one of the songs? It is, yeah. Sweet Charity. It's fantastic, Sweet Charity. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the exception that proves the rule, Guy. I'm sure you'll agree when you watch it. Mm. It's fabulously entertaining. And certainly the best movie, anyway. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to make you watch it, Guy, I'm sorry to say. I don't mind Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain. Is that the one where they have to, make the, show up? They have to make the show up? No, yeah. What's the one where they have to make the show up with Doris Day, very young Doris Day? Oh, that isn't that paint? No, that's um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Is that, no, Oklahoma. They're cowboys. Oklahoma. Yeah, with the stupid singing. Uh, uh. <laughs> Annie, get your gun. That's okay, Annie. I don't like that. What's she called? I don't like. No, what that about one. Calam Calam Calamity Jane? Calamity Jane. <laughs> that's so shit. So rubbish. Hey, clam. It was so rubbish, though. I love Clamity Jane. Oh, you joke. You see, yeah. now it turns out you love musical. Clam. <laughs> what do they call her? Clam. I don't, yeah, they call her Clam. Clam. It's ridiculous. You, you know, I prefer Paint Your Wagon if we're going to have a cowboy musical. Okay. Uh, was born. <laughs> now you see Lee Marvin in that, and in a way, I, with with our with our clothes off around here, with my young uh, nephew Edward, with I'm wearing swing trunks, I notice the difference in my body and in his. Obviously, I'm 61 and he's 24. But even when I was 24, I did not have like a developed torso and biceps like his. And you know, Ed, who's my nephew, I love him very much. He's been staying with me for for a week or two. He uh, he, he went. He went. He left the house and went out for a little explore on the beach. Now he's 24 years old. I, I thought it's quite plucky. I liked his style, but you know what he did? You know what he did, Paul, when he went there? What? He went to the gym in a hotel. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. He went to the gym in a hotel, and I did think that's a kind of generational thing, isn't it? Because I don't think I would have gone to the gym. Would you, Paul? No. In, the, in when, uh, when was I? 24. About 1983, 84. I would have headed somewhere else. I've never been to a gym in right, my life. Exactly. exactly. Not once. And I feel that we were... Well, I'm, I'm almost a generation older than you, but yours is like the last generation in which a man didn't have to really sort of, in order to be attractive, acceptable, to fit in, didn't have to kind of work on his body. Like, look ripped. Well, like, Ed looks ripped, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. In, 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 our, in, my, in my generation, Ed would have been a manual worker. There's no other excuse for it, or gay. There's no other excuse to look like that. Exactly. Am I right? I know it's true. Exactly. <laughs> Mind you, in, in any day. Did you have any friends old, who looked old, like it? Two, uh, old, two gentlemen of a certain age discussing musicals and the richness of a young man's body, <laughs> guy. I wouldn't like to say what that what that might mean. Signifies. <laughs> guy, you're still wrong. Are, you, are you actually blushing a little bit? <laughs> no, I am not blushing. No, guy. We're having a proper we're having a proper conversation. We are, yes. And it, for and, once. And, and and we. 
we never had to buff ourselves up. Or rather, it was considered, let's face it, muscles on a man was considered a sign of lack of education and ignorance. slightly weak. <laughs> you know, something People, wrong with him. Bodybuilders, they were called. And somehow the Bodybuilders. Bodybuilders what they were called, exactly. <laughs> they built, they built their bodies. Without any mind at all. They had, they had no Just mind at all. Their and it's a sign of how effective the patriarchy was. How, how men had managed to mesmerise themselves and the world, and I suspect women to some extent, that you know, the muscles and a good torso was a sign no, of no, extreme no, no. unattraction. No, 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 One needs no. a large belly. No, look at my belly. <laughs> look how attractive. And look pendulous what's, bosom. Watch it quiver. That's what you're looking for it's in a man. Just, it's pendulous bosom. And this <laughs> brandishes gold card. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm afraid that we somehow, and women very rarely said to me, that guy's hot. He, he, they've said he's handsome or he dresses well. Yes. Going back to the 70s and 80s. W women never letched over men. I'm sure that, oh, whoa, 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 pull up. Not over their bodies. Pull up. Not over their bodies. Wheel up. What do you mean? Women may not have told you, Paul, but they probably were. Because be women tend to fancy Is that why they men. kept squeezing my bum and everything like that? Yeah. <laughs> and touching me up and everything. Because women, when they were given the choice, tended to fa fancy hot men. You know, surprise, surprise. Did they? Yeah, but we didn't give them the choice. Well, I don't know. Actually, I had a little washboard stomach and muscles when I was a little, about, about um, Ed's you age. You didn't Maybe look like Ed. I did, a, li a little bit. Well, actually, it was... But have you seen Ed working out? He was no, I don't do it, but I was, a, I was in the softball team. Isn't that a Well, sport? why do you think I played it, Guy? Because <laughs> there were only boys in the fucking, in the hardball team. Think about it. Okay. Normally one likes to challenge oneself with sport. Guy, there were girls the playing. <laughs> when the ball when the ball was pitched up at you, did you just used to run away? Guy, there were girls playing as well. Hello. All right. Think all right. about it. Yeah, all right. I understand. Who are you what gonna meet? Saying. How stupid do you think I am? Well I don't know. Well, why did you say such a stupid thing then? Anyway, so you, let's go back to your washboard stomach. Yeah, I had a little washboard stomach. I used to cycle everywhere at high speed on my mountain bike and I used to play softball. Right, twice a right, week, right, right, right. and I was really fit. Do you ever think about getting fit again? Well, uh, Not that, of course, you don't uh, cut a very fine profile. <laughs> I am relatively fit, fit now. I'm not. I'm not unfit. No. I'm about. How fit are you? Fit as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitness is in the eye of the beholder, guys. We've already discussed. No, that's exactly what we thought. No, the mind. Is, the mind is a got powerful. I mean, Ed's generation. Uh, uh, all of my nephews. My son a little bit less there, but actually my son too is interested in getting himself, you know, whatever it is, buffed up. Buffed up? Is it buffed up? Well, I refuse to do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not doing it. What's the point? Right. Do you judge women at all by their bodies? Um, only relatively. Quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> only totally. <laughs> only, only relatively sometimes. Right. No, I don't judge Seems them. Seems a bit odd. No? I don't judge them. Mm -hmm. Look, it... <laughs> you're in such a corner. It's I don't great. know. No, you're in a bit of a corner too. Enjoy this. No, I'm not at all. I, 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 I've been frank and open with the listener. So, what, what about you, a night? What about a lady of ample proportion? Well, you know, I think that twenty. <laughs> no, no, no it's, it's good to talk about this, and, and, and we're in the right place to talk about. Yeah, this. Jamaican. Because Jamaica, like, when like, I first like came here in the eighties, definitely, uh, it was a sign of sexual. Uh, kind of attraction, you know, that right? What I'm looking for, Sex, oh. sexy. Oh, sexy. If you were, if you were chub chubby, and way beyond the tubbiness that that uh, that I 
coming from Britain in that culture would have thought was attractive in itself. Uh, I know we're talking rather, 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 it, it, it's rather difficult to talk about this, but let's take it head on. I came here, bumper body, that would be a phrase, bumper body, body rider. Now, big ass, body rider big is, a, is, a, is, a, is a document, is a not document, is a garment, sorry. And uh, any, 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 anyway, um, Guy, what are you on about? Just listen to me. I'm trying to make sense of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Close your mouth and listen to me. <laughs> Will you please speak sense? I am speaking sense. Not oh, body, really body. Anyway, and as as the as the rest of the world, as, as basically nourishment. Can we wheel up and calories. just say that again? Because I didn't understand a fucking word of it. I'm saying when I came here. Being fat was a sign of prosperity. Right, okay. Okay, and it was considered and sexy. And sexy, yeah. Now, then suddenly, uh, junk food came, TV came, cars came, uh, tr public transport arrived, and loads more people have got chubby. Yeah. I mean, almost everyone is chubby now, in the way that almost everyone was very slim before. Yeah. And they, 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 they still seem to really like it. It's not that they now found slim women attractive. Eve, I don't think they do. Now, I've never heard any of the women say, I'm trying to lose some weight. They've just gone with it, the Jamaicans. And the men have gone with it too. What do you think? What about that? Well, I don't know. It's, it's like you say, it's down to survival in some ways, isn't it? We don't have the same criteria in England because we have this... Um, we have an idea of abstract, don't we, in terms of beauty. So you've got like works of art and we put forward certain models and people who are said to represent the uh, ideal in our, in, in, in our society. And everybody looks towards that, for example, it's, I guess. It's true that well, I was driving down the road yesterday and I saw a woman with, um, with a big kind of frizzy afro, sort of not quite afro, but sort of curly, kinky hair. Mm. And she had tight tight leggings on she was she was a uh, quite chubby and uh, and, a, and a bright red tight tight tank top on and she was trying to hitch a ride and i thought what is her ideal who who is she copying it's exactly went through my head i thought who is she copying i wonder if she's got a picture of someone who she wants to look like the way you kind of detect it with most young white girls definitely with my daughter when she was young you felt she wanted to look like a pop star or look like an actress and i thought i wonder who's who she's copying and then I drew the conclusion that in Jamaica they tend to go off piste rather more easily, and cut out their own style, mm. and not really what well, they follow fashion. They don't really follow fashion so much, which is why when you can get a group of eight boys together in Jamaica or eight girls, eight, eight, anyone, and they all dressed totally different mm. at, the, at, the, at all gatherings. I've noticed see. that, that the girls do, don't have any. They all they all do look different. Yeah, they're, they're they, really individual yeah, about they, the way and, they present and, themselves, and, which is quite punk rock. Okay. That is the ethos of punk rock. You were all in a uniform. No, 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 no. You, you, you're talking about the crappy plastic punks that came after. No, in the beginning, Guy... They were all we every... black and, and Malcolm McLaren stuff. No, Guy, this is some weird King's Road version. It's not what happened. Uh, we had no money and we had to find a way of looking individual and strong that represented ourselves. So the original punks had long hair, short hair. They wore old jackets. They wore things from thrift shops. They wore all kinds of different things. There was no uniform. And that's why... Chains, safety pins, chewing gum, all kinds of things were pressed into service, bad stitching, because you were trying to make something out of nothing, really. Right. Well, that, it may be... Youth may, culture. It's more like here, they're all trying to stand out. Another thing that was pointed out to me quite recently, 
with their refreshing lack of celebrity culture. Mm. They don't know the names of any celebrities. No. They don't know who Beyonce They might know who Beyonce is. Yeah, but they know who Booju is. And they know... Um, Booju Banton, yeah, because he's a performer. Vibes Cartel. He's a performer. He makes oh, you music. mean pure celebrity? Yeah, yeah. They're not yeah, interested yeah, yeah, in just yeah, photographs yeah. of, you know, wankers. The way that, that us, us uh, yeah, what, but, what, yeah, white people yeah. are. And for, who somehow, for some yes, stupid but you reason... Guy, but it's because, because data's so expensive here. It could be that, but we had celebrity before data. We had, you know, there, there are ways of getting the TV. There's ways of getting it. There were ways of getting those. But they don't really watch them. TV as much as we do either. Yeah, they watch a bit actually. But anyhow, I thought the reason was, and I don't, I don't think the data will change it. They all, they're all on Facebook. I got loads of Jamaican friends on Facebook. Is that they all kind of think that they are their own celebrity. They all act a bit <laughs> like they're famous. <laughs> and Again, that's very punk and, rock. And when you think of celebrity, what they got, or you know, they've achieved absolutely nothing to be celebrities so you might as well just choose to be one and i suspect most celebrities did act like they were celebrities before they were celebrities well unfortunately a lot of it is about wealth now as well your kardashians and everything they're all very wealthy yeah people looked up to so them, jamaican up to celebrity is not necessarily uh, uh uh rich is he he or she is just really well known in their small community mm. and celebrated Yes. For their fame. And almost everyone's got something to be famous for. Which is really nice. And they really enjoy other people's fame. Yeah, like, like, like my nephew catching, spearing this barracuda on his first day fishing. It's an amazing, amazing fluke. But he was like, he's now known around the village as Shooterman. Shooterman. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. Telling his story, telling his legend. That's what they do. They tell us. Yeah, it even reached Green Island when we went the other way the other day, hadn't it? And it was like it's three miles down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His fame had spread down there. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Quite funny. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. I wonder what they know you for around here. Oh God. White man. White. Kenaway! That's what they shout after. They shout Kenaway. Kenaway! No, what they said, what the guy said the other day was Guy Guy wrote this thing about the scammers here and he nearly got into a bit of trouble. But then apparently... The Spectator magazine. And yeah. they let him off by saying, Guy, him humorous. <laughs> scammers. Yes, I like that story you told me about fashion again, where you told me about the scammer who was gay and had white, he white skin. And so he had to put loads of cream on himself, didn't he? And, he, and, he, and to protect his skin from the, the sun. And he had big sunglasses on. And then he tied a bandana around his head to keep the sun off his head. And as a result, all the kids started copying him. And yeah, he was, he was actually a, guy, a gay guy who was, who was allergic to sunlight. Yeah, well, the, well, the scamming seemed to... I was told that it was started by a Nigerian. It kind of makes sense, because they, mm. were, they were the, the, the first scammers, weren't they, on the internet? Yeah. Do you remember that we got those emails? Yeah, my name is Prince. Ones. Yeah, those other. very early, early ones. Mm. And he, he pitched up in Jamaica and tried to make a legit call centre. This is what I was told, I don't know how true it is. Actually, mm. National Geographic just got in touch with me mm. saying they wanted to interview me on this subject and mm. I decided not to do it because it is very sensitive, mm. the, uh, the criminal activities of the Jamaicans and I would not like to... Uh, uh, Wind up shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And, and I have some plans. So I'm not really, which do not include being killed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, they, he, he started this legit call centre. 
I think I put this in the spectator feed. So what happened was, was that he was buying really shite debt of American um, uh, utility and sort of um, retail companies. So if you were like a real deadbeat and you had bought something on HP and you hadn't made any of the payments, he had bought it for nothing. So say you owed a hundred bucks, he had probably bought it for one buck yeah. because you were, you know, obviously would very never going to pay. Yeah. And he trained these people to ring them up and threaten them and say, you've got, got to pay or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And the Jamaicans took quite naturally to the work. You know, they, they, they were keen on it. And they were very good at it. And the call centre did quite... Have I told you this, Paul? Carry on. And the, and the, and the call centre did quite well. Then what happened is that... What happened was, was that accident... I heard that. I don't know who told me this. It's so good if it's true. Even if it's not true, it's quite good. Um, that they dialed the wrong number. And they rang up and got a woman on it and said, you, you owe £120 for a utility bill from two years ago. <laughs> and we're going to cut off your electricity and we're going to come around and, put a, and serve a notice on you. And, we're, and if necessary, we'll find you in church and serve, serve the notice on you there. Yeah. You know, all the kind of things that they say. A man's going to come around any hour, be ready any other day. Enough. Unless you pay, OK, you owe us 110 Unless you pay us for 50 right now, I can just stop the whole uh, debt collection operation. And, you know, the woman paid 50. And later, they realised that the woman wasn't even on the list of people who owed money. And that he had got the money off a complete stranger. And from that moment on, the, 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 uh, the, the business just exploded because they worked out that you didn't need a debt to collect it. <laughs> you could just ring up and just lie to them. And they would, and they were stupid enough that they would just pay using up. the guilty innate guilt. Yeah, and then they're sort of that their 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 innate brilliance at creating narratives as to somehow to draw these people in to get involved in uh, in paying them large sums of money. And it was a glorious era. It's it's closed now the era because the CIA, the FBI, and the Jamaican government have really put the put the um, put the dampeners on it. And I. At the beginning, it was it was a great. It was like it was like the Klondike. I mean, I went through something, or was rather on the edge of something that was must have been like the Klondike because there was so much money coming down this this coast mm. from Americans in a panic or out of greed, sending down huge sums of money to these very clever um, scammers. And that guy, so we're going back to it. That guy was Nigerian who taught them how to do it, and he was also, I heard, gay. And he liked to dress kind of natty urban with the tight trousers and the tight little uh, uh, shirt with a little cardigan on, a very tight cardigan on. And um, he, he, he also bleached his skin. And when you bleach your skin, you don't want to go in the sun. So he wore a headscarf in the manner of Her Majesty's Queen with it sort of knotted under his but chin. But a bandana-style headscarf, yeah. Yeah, the bandana one, yeah. With a little knot under his chin. And, and all of the scammers look like not all of them but many of them copied that style they looked up to him in some way though. yeah they looked and they looked so camp <laughs> without realizing it's like normcore that look, i'm sure really. i'm sure probably we do many things which does no, we do quite any... a lot of things that are quite camp <laughs> but you know does guy have any idea <laughs>